What if somebody paid us a compliment, told us what positive words they think of when they think of us? And we decided to soak them in the way our body soaks in like suntan lotion and absorbs it. Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Courage to be Curious with Adina Tovell, where every week we are wondering our way to brilliant in our lives and our leadership and in our relationships. We are in the month of July and we organize this podcast by themes and our theme for the month of July is freedom. The lens that we're looking at that theme through this week is love. And so we're in the love with the courage to be curious episode and we're going to talk about how do we become genuinely free both to love fully and to receive love fully. And there was this, I have no idea whether I heard it on a podcast, read it in a book, but there was this incredible metaphor that I heard or read, and it really stuck with me. And it talked about what color paint is in your paint can. And whatever color that is, that's the color that you're going to paint the walls with, right? I mean, this is not rocket science. If you buy blue paint and you stick your brush in and you go to paint the walls, they're going to be blue, right? And if you have turquoise, if you have uh, yellow paint in your paint can and you go to stick your brush in and paint the walls, the walls are going to be yellow. Where this reference was going is what's inside our internal paint can. So when I think about our internal paint can, I think about how we feel about ourselves, our own inner world and our own inner experience. What's the nature of the paint that's inside? Is our own paint can filled with jealousy green, with angry red, with gray of sadness, or perhaps the white of insecurity? I'm making these colors up a little bit. I'm not a colorist, but they seem to work for me. Is it filled with the yellow of sunshine and brilliance? What color is in our paint can? And the reason I feel like this is relevant has to do with, can we love with a color that's not in our paint can? So, you know, I've had, there's a kind of this debate in the relationship world as to whether you can love someone else better than you love yourself. And I have to say, I personally, and I'm not a black and white person in general, although I am wearing black and white right now, but I am generally not a black and white person. But this is one debate where I come out on the side of feeling that we can really only paint the landscape of love in our world with the colors that are in our own paint can. And the reason I know this is that sometimes I have encountered people, and I've done this too, I've been in spaces myself where I have felt like I've cared super well for someone, or I've seen somebody who is a great, great caretaker. And what does that, what does that mean? That they take care of people, they do things for them. If they're sick, they bring them food, they do all of these things. And what I notice inside myself, but I also notice inside of other people is you know, where, or I, I get curious about where is that caretaking coming from? Is that caretaking coming from, because I just love you so deeply and it's my deepest desire to have you feel loved here? Or is that caretaking coming from 
that's how I feel. I have a sense of value and I need to feel significant and important and valuable in the world. And so I'm going to do the caretaking. Or does it come from a place of, you know, a very unconscious reciprocity that if I take care of others, maybe then others will take care of me when I need it. Does it come from a place of trying to win favor with somebody? Where does it come from? And my personal experience, the experience I've had in sort of watching and observing and talking with others is that very rarely is it coming from this place, even though it's hard to admit, of just pure love. Like this is just pure love. But that very often it has shades or tints of these other motivations as well. Now, it's not that any of these other motivations are bad. It just means that if we are perhaps feeling there's a deep kind of insecurity, maybe there is a tint or a shade of insecurity that lies within us, and we care deeply for others or we do caretaking things for them because we desperately hope then that someone will take care of us or because we desperately want to be relevant in the world. And as long as I'm taking care of someone else who needs me, then I must be important, significant, and relevant. And there I have it. It means that that same insecurity, that insecurity is in there and it's showing up in other ways. Meaning, does my insecurity prevent others from loving me fully? Because perhaps I'm afraid that if they really knew me and saw me from my most complete and full self, they would get a glimpse of that insecurity. So maybe I direct all my energy outwards towards others because it keeps people from seeing me and seeing the vulnerable parts inside of me. So I want to talk about one of my own personal stories here as you're contemplating this, because this is heavy duty stuff. And as the name of this podcast is, it takes a lot of courage to get curious in this way and really wonder you know, what is behind the things that I do, the actions that I take, the choices that I make. And so I want to bring this personal experience. When my I, my older daughter was the kind of kid who always asked a lot of questions, they weren't necessarily the questions like, why is the sky blue and how many stars are there in the galaxy, two examples I like to use a lot. But she asked questions about people. She wanted to know who that person was, what they were talking about, why they did what they did, you know, why didn't they do this? And very often those questions were directed at me. She would say, well, what are you doing, mom? Why did you do that? Where are you going? When are you going to come back? Who are you with? What were you talking about? I mean, yes, she was the kid. I was the mother, right? These sound like the things that should happen in reverse. I'm supposed to ask her those questions, right? Not her asking me those questions. What would happen when she asked me those questions, though, for a long time, most of her growing up years, was that I would start to feel assaulted. I would start to feel threatened. And the reason I was feeling threatened was because my paint can was filled with a lot of self-doubt. I had had experiences, which I've talked about on the podcast before in the past, if you've listened, but if you're new, I had experiences in the past on a playground that took place over a number of years where I was frequently sometimes accepted, very often rejected, had no idea. And I had this deep-seated belief that there was something wrong with me 
But what was wrong with me was invisible to me. It was the kind of thing everybody else could see clearly because they knew when to reject me and when to accept me. But I had no idea what it was. And I walked around terrified every day, almost like the emperor with no clothes on. Like, was I going out with the, the, the thing that was wrong about me? Like, was I going out naked that day and had no idea about it? And so it left me, after this happened over a number of years, it left me with a lot of self-doubt. And so my paint can had like this big, like vo high volume of self-doubt in it. And so when my daughter would ask me these questions, I wouldn't see them as like, oh, she's just a really inquisitive kid. I wouldn't see it as like, maybe some people would say, oh, she's being rude. You just got to tell that kid to be quiet, right? You know, any number of things that another parent might have done. I saw it as oh my gosh, she can see what's wrong with me. She can see my deficits. And so she's asking me all of these things and she she can identify, or she's wondering where, where this kind of deficit thing is coming from or wondering what it is I'm doing wrong, or she's going to expose me with her questions. I was afraid of any of these things. And I literally would become like a eight or nine-year-old, the one who was out on the playground again, struggling with in front of these girls on the playground. And I realized, you know, sometimes I would yell at her because my anger would come out. I just wanted to make her go away. I just wanted to make her shut up. Sometimes I would curl up kind of like, you know, in my own little ball and just disappear because I didn't know what to do with it. And I felt badly about yelling at her all the time, but I had no good responses. My self-doubt was just taking over everywhere. And so finally, and I can remember the moment I actually picked up the phone. I called a friend of mine and I said, okay. I am like 43 years old. I am a mother and I have no idea what to do in this situation because in this situation, I'm like nine years old. Could you tell me what a really grown person is supposed to do in this moment? And so she did. And that was helpful. And then I said, all right, I need to find a way through this because the self-doubt that's sitting in my pink can is getting in the way. It's getting in the way of my being able to love my daughter as well as I would like to and as fully as I would like to. And it's also getting in the way of my allowing her to love me because I was creating friction and tension that she was not intending, but that I was experiencing anyway. And so my own internal world was preventing us from having a relationship that was fully loving where I could receive love fully and I could give it freely. It was constricted. And so I had to go through this process of how do I work through and start to chip away at that self-doubt. And a lot of this was born out of the courage to be curious process. Of course, it became the process because I started using it. So here it is, which came first, the chicken or the egg? But what I started with this first thing is the intention. What really mattered here? And what my intention was, was to be able to love fully. I wanted to be able to feel love. I wanted to be able to give love fully. And I didn't want, and I wanted to eliminate self-doubt as an interfering component anymore. Now, many people say to me, okay, right. Everybody says, get rid of self-doubt. How in the world do you do that? Right? So after I set the intention and the intention setting is actually really important, we have a particular way that we teach people to set intentions that's fairly effective. But one of the pieces I will give you here is that you want to use language that's in the positive. 
not in the negative. So for example, I don't want to be, I don't want to have self-doubt anymore is constructed in the negative. I want to be able to love freely, to give love and receive love freely. I want to, in saying I want to eliminate self-doubt from my pink hand is okay because it's active. So I set my intentions. And then I went about asking myself those courageous questions. You know, I did want to understand what was the source of that self-doubt. And then I wanted to say things like, how true is it really that blah, 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 blah. And like the things I felt doubtful, doubtful about. And so fill in the blank. How true are those things really? I'd ask another good question. What evidence do I have that maybe these things aren't true? That maybe my daughter is not accusing me or thinking that I've done something wrong? What evidence is there that I actually make good decisions? What evidence is there out there that people like me and embrace me? What evidence is there that people are actually interested in what I do? I asked myself these questions because one of the ways to start to diffuse self-doubt is to ask those diffusing questions, things that really can prove the opposite. Our minds can be some can become, become so conditioned to proving the thing we think has been true our whole lives that we don't bother to ask ourselves to see, allow ourselves to see the evidence of the opposite. And so that's one of the things I did is so set the intentions, started asking myself really courageous and productively curious questions. And then I would do a lot of listening to the answer, listening to what comes up. Well, what is the evidence? And am I willing to hear that? Am I willing to receive that? Am I willing to give as much credibility and credence to the answers of those courageously curious questions as I gave to what I presumed was the evidence of all the self-doubt? And that comes to really bringing a new quality to our listening. I started to ask other people about it. How do you see me? How do you experience me? And I could ask them the questions, but then here's what often happens, right? So we ask somebody, how do you see me? And they say, well, I see you. They say, well, no, you don't. Or you just think that because, and we start to dismiss everything that they say, right? Anytime anybody wants to give us a compliment or tell us something positive or tell us, help to uplift, uplift us, you know, we dismiss it. No, 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 that's not really true. Or it's only true in a certain situation or, oh, well, you didn't really see me here, right? We, we find every way in the world to dismiss it. Well, what if we didn't dismiss it? What if we actually allowed ourselves to listen and to take it in, to absorb it, to allow it to sink in at the cellular level of our bodies? What if somebody paid us a compliment, told us what positive words they think of when they think of us, and we decided to soak them in the way our body soaks in like suntan lotion and absorbs it? What if we allowed ourselves to do the same? such an important part of diminishing those insecurities and those self-doubts. We have to allow ourselves to be open. It's interesting, right? When you go to get a facial, you go and one of the things they do is they steam your face to open your pores, right? To clear them out. But then they put nourishing things on your face. When the pores are open, it can soak it in. How do we help ourselves to be open how do we open up the pores to soak in those things that people will say to us, things that we can even tell ourselves? And so that's my invitation to you in this is that let's get courageous. 
Let's look at what color paint is in our pink can because it is coloring the landscape of love in our lives. And if there are any shades in there or tints in there that are not painting your landscape in the way that you would like, let's get curious. Let's identify them. And let's break down whatever needs to be broken down in order to free up the space and allow us to have the colors that are going to paint the landscape of love in a way that will bring us deep connection and happiness. That's my invitation. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Courage to be Curious with Adina Tobel. Thank you for having the courage to get curious with us. We want you to keep getting curious. Follow us on social media. Engage with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what questions you have, what challenges you're facing as you're starting to get courageously curious. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And please go to the CourageToBeCurious.com website in order to sign up for our newsletter. That's how you can stay in touch with us. And please, 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 please find some, you know, refer out to your friends. We want this content to reach people. We want everybody to have the tools to be courageously curious so that they can live the life and experience the leadership and have the relationships that they most want to have in the world. So help us achieve that mission. Refer out Courage to be Curious with Adina Tovell to friends and family members who you think will enjoy it and benefit from us. And keep listening. We will be back next week with two of my favorite people in the world. They are two incredibly curious people. In fact, every time I talk with them, they are blowing me away with the way they think in the world and the way that they bring curiosity into their lives and into their leadership and into their relationships. So you don't want to miss joining us next week for this conversation. 